Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Race Day at the Bahrain Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And coming up on today's episode, Max Verstappen records a dominant win in the season opening race. Those who thought Red Bull Racing might have looked vulnerable, better think again. Aston Martin's progress is real though, with Fernando Alonso the highlight of the evening with a sensationally aggressive drive to third. But it's disappointment for Ferrari, which concerningly suffered another power unit failure, and even Mercedes was also left licking its wounds ahead of what looks like a very long season. To run us through the action, and to tell us an anecdote about a camping chair, it's over to your Bahrain Grand Prix host, Julianne Serasoli. Remember the quality surprises? Well, most of them. We're gone in the first race of the season. But one certainty remains. The field is closed, and that means battles even between teams we didn't expect to see battling this season. And Fernando Alonso is back on the podium. I am Juliane Serrazoli, speaking from Bahrain, and that's my roundup of Formula 1's opening race. It's just a bit unfortunate for us that it's not the whole grid that is so tight. There is one team clearly ahead, and that's the Red Bull again. Max Verstappen didn't even have to push his Red Bull to win, so he didn't even know how fast he could go, if his tires would drop, he didn't need to go that far. His teammate Sergio Perez was second almost 12 seconds behind. Remember, he said after quali, he had his own setup, the race would be better for him. Well, to be fair, we weren't able to see that because his focus at the beginning of the race was to get rid of Charles Leclerc without damaging his tires in Bahrain, where that's very difficult to do. So it took a while before he could overtake Charles, only in the second stint, and at that point, Max was gone. It was a bit ironic that Ferrari's tactics made Verstappen's life even easier by splitting the two cars with any chance of winning, because it was that soft tire that Leclerc had saved during quali, which allowed him to jump Checo in the start. Charles was clearly pushing, blocking his tires a few times, but it just wasn't enough. Leclerc was far behind the Red Bull when he had a lack of power and had to retire. His control electronics and the energy store, they had been changed as a precaution before the race because the team saw some data they were worried about, so they wanted to change it. And remember, the team had made another change even before the weekend started after getting some information about Bottas' issue during testing. We know Ferrari has made important reliability changes in the PU this year, so it's really not looking good at the moment. Not that this was the only problem for Ferrari, let's remember the same team which won or did a 1-2 in Bahrain last year. Leclerc said it's difficult to separate degradation and performance 
because when you are slower, you push harder and then you have more degradation. So in his view, the problem for Ferrari is not only with tires, but it's pace as well. Just a, a background story about Charles. When he arrived at the TV pan, uh, Alonso was overtaking Carlos and he was watching it in front of all cameras and he tried not to have any reaction, but he wasn't even blinking and you could see how worried he, he was. And after doing all the TV interviews, he tripped over the camping chair that my TV crew uses to watch the race. To be fair, it was basically my fault. I should have collected it before he passed through us. And Charles is so nice that he apologized to me when it should have been me apologizing to him. So when Leclerc retired, his teammate was struggling even more than he was. He even asked the team if they were defending themselves against Fernando Alonso or were just focusing on getting to the end of the race. It was that bad and he was easily overtaken by Fernando. Alonso had a bit more of a hard time with Hamilton just a few laps before. He was definitely the man of the race. Starting fifth, he lost two positions in the first corners to both Mercedes, so it looked like his race would be a fight to get back to where he started, using Aston's low tire deck in comparison with Mercedes. But Sainz was struggling so badly, a lot more than Leclerc, as predicted, by the way, because the back of Ferrari is not behaving really well and that's always worse for Sainz that he went to the podium basically taking advantage of Ferrari's misery. Fernando was absolutely buzzing after the race. He said the team never projected to go to the podium this year and now we'll have to re-manage expectations and even fight for bigger things. So what I heard from the team is that Fernando expects the car to be even better in Jeddah. And after the race, he explained to us that that's due to what the simulator is telling him. It's a bit hard to understand because Aston was better in the slower corners in Bahrain compared to its rivals. And in Jeddah, it's anything but slow, isn't it? But Alonso now looks like a, a shark who is hungry and who just smelled some blood. And I can prove that. He was so, so excited. He called his teammate Lance Stroll his hero ignoring the fact that the Canadian so nearly took him out in the first lap. Nothing seems to be able to ruin the honeymoon they are living right now. Stroll, by the way, showed an amazing recovery, getting a lot better day by day this weekend. He beat one Mercedes with little experience in the car and still in pain, but he knows tomorrow will be the really painful day. He's expecting that, but he hopes to be fully recovered for Saudi. A key moment of the race was when Mercedes called Lewis Hamilton to the box early to prevent Alonso's undercut. And then Aston called in Stroll, managed to get an undercut on Russell with that. And later on, Alonso with fresher tires caught Hamilton. So when you feel you have to defend from your customer and you can't because you have no pace and you have no advantage with tires, you know the situation is really not good. Both George and Lewis said the team had to be open to changing the car concept. And George even said something interesting, that they should look at what Aston did and go on the same route. Lewis made a funny comment when he was asked 
when did things go south for you, meaning the race? And then he was like, when things went south, about 12 or 13 months ago. And he's not wrong, is he? The Mercedes car is not completely wrong. But when Pierre Gasly finishes the race saying that a few tweaks and Alpine will be ahead of Mercedes soon, and he was the guy who started last and was fighting with the Williams during the race, then you know something really needs to change. Lewis said it's his dream to change the car concept, but he doesn't know if it's as easy as that. He also told us Mercedes has some important meetings this week to decide what to do. Valtteri Bottas had a lonely race to finish eighth and managed to stay in front of Gasly, who put some pressure in the final stages of the race. And Alex Albon scored a point for Williams in what looked like a very solid car. In the other Williams, Logan Sargent did suffer a bit in the end. He said he was a bit dehydrated and I did see him sitting in the media center steps for a while, still with helmet on, trying to recover before resuming to his media duties. But it was definitely a very good start for Sargent. On the other end of the grid, Haas had a nightmare with Nico Hülkenberg racing with a damaged car pretty much from the start of the race and Magnussen nowhere to be seen this weekend. And Lando Norris made six trips to the pit lane with a very ill McLaren, but was slightly encouraged by his pace in the beginning of the race. So it was an eventful race in the end, apart from the non-fight for the win. And the Aston Martin story is definitely something unexpected and a welcome unexpected story. Of course, Fernando was helped by Ferrari's engine issue to get to the podium, but it's also true that the Italian team is trying to push to be where they are, and maybe they are pushing a little bit too hard on the engine, on the tires, everywhere. Sometimes driving fast all the time is not the fastest way to finish the race, and definitely not in a high degradation surface like Bahrain. So that's my roundup for the opening race of the F1 season. I hope you enjoyed following the ups and downs of the first race and some background stories as well from Bahrain and continue with us in Saudi Arabia where we have a much smoother track surface and not much room for errors. The track did have some changes to improve visibility and safety, but I'm afraid that's a story to be told in a couple of weeks time. Bye bye. Thanks very much to Julianne for the coverage over the course of this weekend. It certainly was a fun round to open the season, despite the straightforward Red Bull Racing 1-2. You'll hear from Julianne again later on in the season. Next up is the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix from the streets of Jeddah. Make sure you don't miss an update by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. My name is Michael Laminato, and Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. 
Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.